You were listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 128. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. Loving the Olympics, y'all. Loving the Olympics. Just watching these amazing athletes of all shapes and sizes. I mean, you see the people in the shot put, and you see the people lifting weights, and the judo, and, and the skateboarders, and the surfers, and now there's there's like rock wall climbing in it now. And I thought, I watched some of that tonight. That was super interesting. Um, I finally may have discovered a sport in the Olympics. I'm in pretty good shape to try to help for. I've been looking for a sport where I could become an Olympian. And I always thought it'd be something in the winter games, like curling or something. But they keep adding sports into the Olympics. Eventually, podcasting will be one of them. <laughs> when will public speaking become a a uh, Olympic event could 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 NLP based life coaching be on there, please? I would uh, love to be able to sit there and be like, um, okay, we've got five people, all with different levels of 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 emotional suffering and trauma. Who can help them the fastest or with the most awesome way? I don't know. I don't know how they would score it. I don't know what the judges would do. I don't. I don't even know what the competition would be like. So probably ooh, ukulele. I can start practicing it more. All right, all right. I can play like six different notes on it. There's got to be something. Eventually, they're going to add a sport to it. I don't know what it's going to be, but as soon as it happens, I am going to quit all my shows, quit all my stuff, and I'm going to do nothing but practice for the Olympics. I'm just amazed by the amount of dedication and discipline it takes for these athletes to reach the level at which they do in order to just be an Olympian, let alone win a medal. Uh, the track and field's happening now. The swimming just happened. There's so many heats to get things, to get the competition down to the semifinals and the finals. And, of course, I'm watching the people who finish in the tops two or three uh, because those are the ones who automatically go on. And you know, that matters, especially in swimming, where we straight crushed it with 30 medals and 13 well, the University of Florida has 13 medals, and I know we have a couple swimmers, so I don't know what other events we would have medaled in, but we at least got a handful of all those medals just from swimming. So, of course, I'm rooting for that, and I'm, the track and field I love. And so I love watching the people cross because, you know, they're the winners, and you know, your eyes are naturally drawn to them. Because I'm watching all the Olympics on YouTube TV on my computer, um, I'm able to quickly rewind 15, 30 seconds. And that, when I do that, I'm, I'm rewinding it to watch what the people who have no chance of winning, what they're doing. And they're busting their ass to get to that finish line, even though there is a 0% chance they get to move on. And in some cases, that was the only event they qualified for. They traveled all that way to run for 10 seconds or 20 seconds, or 40 seconds, and it's done. It's over with. They ran it. They finished eighth. That's it. Off to hang out in the Olympic Village, or not, I suppose, considering the COVID bubble they've put themselves in, and that's it. Yet the amount of effort and discipline and determination 
it took for them to be the best in their country in order to become an Olympian Olympic athlete blows my mind. Like, I truly believe I have a ton of discipline. And when I set my mind to something, I achieve it. I don't know if I've ever set my mind on something as rarefied air as being an elite athlete in the swimming pool on a track and field. Hell, the bow and arrow, the, the archery, the, the, the shooting, the, the skateboarding. Right? This is something that when I was doing it back in the 80s, you know, we get yelled at by people for doing it on a sidewalk. There wasn't skate parks. And now look at what they have available to them. And I truly marvel at what it is these people have decided to focus their life upon. And for some of them, you know, these look at the gymnasts, you know, they've aged themselves out by the by their young 20s. You know, then there's other sports where they're in their 30s and they're still running track and field events and and they're straight crushing it. And that's what today's topics is going to be about unknowingly sacrificing your future self for comfort today. As I've been going through a lot of these discovery sessions, seeking out truly committed people to dive deep into their fitness and nutrition, I come across some that seemingly know that there's a better way to go about life than what they're currently doing, but they're unwilling to break themselves out of their comfort zone today in order to become that version of themselves that they desire, that they know is within them, tomorrow. I have talked pretty extensively, I believe, on being present in the moment and and being comfortable in our skin today. We're going to begin to grow that topic out and start asking ourselves, how are we unknowingly sacrificing our future self for comfort today? We want to be able to calm ourselves down and release anxiety about what we think we could be doing or should be doing or would be doing if circumstances were different. We want to release that level of anxiety so that we're not coulda, woulda, shoulding ourselves all the time and getting ourselves all ramped up in our minds and creating this false narrative, this false story, these limiting stories in our head about what it is we coulda, woulda, or shoulda been doing. We don't want to destroy our today by seeking the future, by constantly thinking about the future and then not being happy where we are today. That's not what we're discussing. That is not what we're discussing. And since I'm going into this uncharted water with y'all today, we're going to make sure that I'm very clear with my languaging. I want you to be present in your today. I want you to enjoy each moment of your day as best as you have grown yourself into being able to do that. Knowing each day you will grow even more and more comfortable with being in the moment, enjoying today. I go to the water park on Sunday, or I go to a Bruce Springsteen cover band on Saturday night. I'm doing those things because frankly, my brain was completely burned out. And we talked about that in episode 127. I wasn't sacrificing my future self for comfort that day, I was actually providing myself a rejuvenating experience in order for my future self, that version of me that was waiting on Monday, to have the mental capacity to begin to start up a new week. 
to have the physical energy to move forward with what I wanted to be able to do and not feel so fatigued. And it worked. I woke up Monday morning jazzed and ready to go. And the difference between what I felt in myself on Friday and what I felt Monday morning was, it was mind blowing. It really showed me the power of just disconnecting, unplugging it and just being for a little bit. So when I say, are you unknowingly sacrificing your future self for comfort today? I'm not talking about those kind of moments, right? We were, we may have been easily, and I talked about this in the college success habits podcast. We may have, not may have, we were definitely in our own way, sacrificing our future self for comfort today in our active using days. It was like, I don't care what my career could be. I don't care what my bank account could be. I don't care what my relationships could be. Just give me the damn bottle of vodka. Just give me the straw. Just give me, just give me the bong. I, I'm good with what I'm doing now. That is more about what I want to talk about. And once we step out of active addiction and we get ourselves into sobriety and recovery, we very well could be mistakenly telling ourselves, well, anything that would hold me back from reaching my highest potential, from becoming the person I desire to be, well, those things are gone now because I've removed active addiction. I've removed drugs. I've removed alcohol. I've removed sex or tons of sugar or gambling or porn, whatever it might be. But it's not the case. It's not the case just because we remove those vices that now all of a sudden things that we could do today may not lead to us sacrificing our future self. They become a little bit more hidden. The playing around on TikTok or Instagram for two hours every day instead of reading that magazine article or going to a meeting or reading that cool book or journaling about your thoughts about a particular subject or something you're experiencing. Those are the things that we could be sacrificing in the moment that is going to drastically affect our future self tomorrow. We have these comfort zones we get in. We have a certain budget that we live on. And so we don't push ourselves to make any more money. We don't push ourselves to go get a different job or a better career. We don't push ourselves to learn something new or we don't push ourselves to grab a hold of that microphone and shout to the rooftops about how amazing sobriety's been. And we sit here in our little comfortable bubble and we just allow it to be. And there are absolutely times, I, I had a conversation with one of my tribe members today, where cruise control isn't a negative thing. There are going to be times in your sobriety and recovery journey where things are going damn good. And rather than immediately add something else on, you just let yourself be for a few days, a few weeks. It could be a few months. It's whatever time period you feel. But once you start to, once you start to feel that your, your skin's getting a little bit tighter, that your cocoon is no longer spacious enough for you, that's when you have to snap out of your chrysalis. That's when you have to break through and actually start to discover other ways to grow and to achieve what it is you truly want to achieve. If your finances are holding, your ba- holding you back, then seek out a way to remedy that. If your physical health is holding you back, then seek out a way to remedy that. 
if your mental acuity is not where you would like it to be and you'd like to be able to remember better or read more efficiently or listen to podcasts and actually absorb it so you could apply it and evaluate, then remedy that. If you feel that there's a lack in your emotional intelligence, then pick up a book or start practicing better ways of communicating and remedy that. When you feel that there is something in your life that you desire or that you even want or that you could even you could be get to the point where you need it and you don't make drastic changes in your life to begin to work your way toward what it is you want, need, or desire, then you are sacrificing your future self for comfort today. There's, there's no gentler way to put this. When people ask me, why is it you work as hard as you do on this, or you, you do that, or you know you got the podcast, and you wrote the book, and you, you, know, you, you put all your food into the Fitness Pal app, and you're meticulous about your water, and all of these things... I just I believe in the data. I believe in the data that when I put in extra effort, I get better results. I get more desirable results. I've done it with myself so many times. My my life is a gigantic experiment. I'll add something in for a couple weeks and see if I get the desired result. It is literally a scientific experiment. I have a theory. I come up with a, a, an experiment. I run it. I see if it gave me the results I want. If not, I change some of the variables and I try it and I try it and I try it again. It's why I'm opening up and and right now I'm jokingly call it shredding the shedding, this this uh, fitness and nutrition challenge because I've been studying this stuff for 15 years. I was a certified uh, personal trainer for seven years back in the day, and then I've just been studying and reading and applying and coaching other people and doing the stuff one on one. I'm like I let's just do it for the masses. Let's figure out a way to do this in a group type setting so we can all support each other. It's just, it's a passion of mine. So why not show other people how they can turn it into a passion for themselves? But there was definitely years there, especially back in the 2014 to 2016 range when the drinking was really getting up there that no, you know, I look back now and no wonder I wasn't getting the results I wanted. I'd stay sober enough to work out really well for three to six weeks and then I'd binge for a couple of weeks and sort of slide backwards and forwards and then my you know, I, I would I'd only mildly drink for a couple months and I would think I had my diet on lockdown and I was doing just the right workouts, but I wasn't getting the results. So then I would change like five things at once, not even knowing what I was really changing and what results I wanted. Didn't have a clear, well-formed outcome. Didn't have thoughtful, you know, uh, a thoughtful test parameter to even know if what I changed was actually what made things better. If it was just because I didn't drink a bottle of whiskey a day for seven straight days. There was all this stuff happening. It wasn't until I got sober that I stepped back and said, okay, let's just opt to change one thing at a time. And let's give it a good two to four weeks. And let's evaluate it. Because I'm okay if my experiment that I'm trying today doesn't bring me the results that I had hoped in the future, but I'm not okay with not trying today. Nothing I've done in these 55 going on 56 months of sobriety and recovery, I believe, from my perspective, has sacrificed my future self 
for the easy way out today or for comfort today, to not push myself today. I don't think I've done anything that has sacrificed my future self. I have experimented with many different things. It could be with my diet. It could be with the books I read. It could be the amount of time I spend in front of the computer or the amount of time I don't spend in front of the computer, how often I meditate or how often I listen to music. I'll experiment with those things, but in no way do I think that that's sacrificing my future self. I'm just seeking out homeostasis in my life. Where is it that I can find a balance between social media and being on my phone and talking to my friends and working out and uh, drinking water and walking my steps and reading books and listening to podcasts and all of these things that I find interesting and I find everything interesting. So I have to be very mindful about the things that I, I, I put into my life because what you do consistently becomes a habit and what you, what becomes your habits becomes your identity. It's only a matter of time that you become what you do all the time. Where I'm extremely mindful and, and, and what I really want to become the overarching theme for this episode is that I want you to be self-aware around what it is you do on a regular basis, what you do day to day. And then ask yourself, are these little experiments I'm running or am I in trance mode? Am I just comfortable with this job? Have I just figured out a way to fit what I want and need and desire in my life into this budget? But I really don't like this budget I have. I really want my budget to be better. I want my finances to be more stable. I want to be able to grow in ways that I currently am unable to because of my financial status. And we're not talking about social status here. We're talking about your own financial, your, the way you see it. Are there things that you desire in life that you're unable to fulfill for yourself because you haven't pushed yourself hard enough in the career, in the financial aspect, to begin to see those things actually happen for you? Money becomes this huge thing that we talk about whenever we get sober because for so many years, we would take our last two pennies that we could rub together and go off and buy a hit. I'd go off and buy a shot. It didn't matter. We would sacrifice everything for that one second of joy that comes from using. So when we get sober, we get into recovery. We generally will, from my, from my experience, talking to hundreds, if not thousands of people in addiction recovery and sobriety, we find our finances in disarray. So what are you doing to remedy that? When you look at yourself in the mirror and you look at what you've done to your body over the course of years and perhaps decades, and you think, wow, I have really shredded this body. I have, I have, funny, I use the word shredding when I've got my little shredding the shedding program, but it's like I, sh- I shredded, I just tore myself apart. And so for my first year or two, my physical fitness and my nutrition became my absolute focus. Year three, lost it a little bit, especially because, you know, year three was going into, uh, was it going into COVID? And then 
came out, this would be just had year four. Yeah. So going into three, I, I actually hired a personal trainer, like someone who was really going to get me like our goal was to get me to 200 pounds, solid muscle. And then COVID went down in March and, you know, all of a sudden couldn't go to gyms for a year. And I had that horrible accident at the beach last May, two Mays ago, almost paralyzed myself. And, you know, before I know it, I'd put on 30 pounds and I had to get right back at it in a whole different way this February. I can't lift weights the way that I used to anymore. I've got a partially torn labrum. I've got a partially torn bicep. I've got no cartilage in the joint and in my right shoulder anymore. And both my meniscuses and my LCLs and my knees are, let's just, let's just say that they're frayed. That's the nicest way to put it. What I used to be able to do a couple years ago, I'm not at that point anymore. And I'm okay with my physical limitations. I'm not okay with using them as an excuse to not continue to push myself in ways that will help me um, be fit and help me train for being 50, being 60, being 70. That's what we're doing here, guys. We're, we, we're, we're building a life that we can love now, also forward thinking about who will be in the future. What career will I have? How will my body look, feel, and, and, and respond to the demands I place upon it? How will my brain be able to step up and be there for me whenever I'm ready to achieve new or greater things that require me to pick up new talents, skills, hobbies, whatever it might be in a timely fashion so that I can be effective and efficient in whatever it is I'm seeking to do. If you have to be explained how to do something 15 times to get it right the first time, well, we're not seeking to judge you here or anything, but we are seeking for you to ask yourself, what could you do to make it so that you can learn something more efficiently so you can go off and become a more effective person in your house or an employee? Whatever that might look like, you can already create your own hypothetical. I want you to place yourself in that scenario and ask yourself, what are you doing to remedy that? If it's your finances, if it's your physical body, if it's your nutrition, if it's your mental state, if it's your emotional state, what are you doing to remedy the anger management? What are you doing to remedy the jealousy, the bitterness, the vitriol that you toss out at other people? Are you actually seeking the answers from within and realizing what you're probably pissed off the most about is yourself? So then you project that anger you feel towards yourself out on other people? Blame them for things that are happening in your life when in reality, you could be choosing something different today that would lead to a different version of you tomorrow. When we go through life in trance mode, when we blindly just keep doing what we've always done, we know where that leads. That, that's what got us into the addiction world to begin with. A little bit of trauma, a little bit of suffering, a little bit of lack of emotional maturity from our parents and society and our teachers and our preachers, and that rubbed off on us. And before you know it, we're emotionally immature, and we have our own trauma, and we have our own suffering, and we don't know how to to manage it. We don't even know how to placate it, let alone adjust it and grow through it. And next thing you know, somebody offers us a cigarette or a joint or a straw and some uppers or some downers and whatever it might be. And now, 22 years later, we're in recovery at 40 years old. Be self-aware of what it is you're deciding to do today that is sacrificing the version of you you desire to be tomorrow. 
I'll close it out on this. Our central nervous system reacts to what is happening now. So you're either in survival mode or you're in growth mode. And it's pulling from past experiences to decide how this is going to play out from you. The central nervous system and the unconscious mind, they get together and they, they say, well, what is, what is our experiences of this in the past? And let's base how we responded or reacted in the past. And then we're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to sit here and do some algorithmic stuff. And we're going to basically come up with how we think we should respond or react to this. And that's what's going to lead you to either feel like you're in survival mode or growth mode. You have to practice pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. And we've talked about this. Becoming comfortably uncomfortable in your comfort zone is very important. It got a whole episode once, but now we're growing it and asking you if your comfort zone today is really keeping you from who you desire to be in the future. When you reach a choice point, it's yes or no. It's very black and white. You know, yes, I'm going to go off on this journey and I'm going I'm going to experience recovery and I'm going to go and get a sponsor. I'm going to get a mentor. I'm going to get a coach. That's a yes or no. There's no him haw. You don't sort of kind of have someone in your life that's 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 coaching you up. And if you're sort of kind of in it, then you're not in it at all. And you really already made the choice. You just have been lying to yourself that you made a choice that you didn't really make. How do you like that riddle? If you're half-assing something, then you've made a choice. I mean, yeah, even no decision is a decision. But saying yes to something and then half-ass showing up to it has really been saying no and then just trying to back out of it without anyone paying attention. Are you really ready for the growth that's ahead of you? I believe that you are. Like Les Brown says, sometimes you need to believe in someone else's belief in you till you believe it yourself. Believe it till you become it. This isn't faking it till you make it. You believe it till you become it. I believe that everybody is ready. There's a readiness inside of us that the moment we say, okay, that's it, I'm ready, all of a sudden we begin to open up pathways to, be, to begin to make that accomplishable, to begin to make that something that we could actually have in our life. How do you know when you're serious? What is your sense of urgency? For so many of us, and I've talked to, again, hundreds and thousands of you in various ways, you knew you were serious when you woke up in the hospital, when you woke up in the jail cell. For me, it was waking up in the bathtub covered in my own filth. The sense of urgency was the tightness in my chest and the numbing of my arm. There was no choice. It was like, okay, I, this is urgent. I think I might be having a heart attack right now. I've got to stop drinking. Then I go back into my bedroom. I call Kaiser. They say, sure, come on in. I'm like, all right, sweet. It's Thursday. Uh, they're like, yeah, you want to come in today, tomorrow? I'm like, you know what? I'll come in on Monday because I had the day off. And then I turn around. And I'm like, okay, I get one more afternoon of drinking. And I tried to put alcohol in my system for the rest of the day. And my body just spit it right back out. The sense of urgency to get into recovery was that severe. My body was like, nope, we're good. We're serious. Get yourself some help. So how can I take that energy that I felt in that moment and begin to anchor it into other areas of my life? I have my own ways of creating a sense of urgency in myself every day to prepare for the podcast or prepare for the coaching session or to teach some NLP or whatever it might be. 
I've created the seriousness. I've created the urgency anchors. I fire them off. It triggers a, it, it triggers the response I desire. And before you know it, I'm gung-ho. I'm all in. And I do a bang-up job. And everybody learns what they're supposed to learn. They absorb what they're supposed to absorb. They go off. They apply it. They evaluate it. They come back. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. Your needs become your challenges. If you think you need something, then it becomes a challenge in your life to go off and get it. Whereas a want is more about desires. You want a nicer car. You want to have a a nicer fridge. Or you want to have steak and filet mignon instead of turkey burger every day. These wants, those are things you desire, but you don't necessarily have to have them in your life in order to feel complete. These are just these desires, these wants. Like we talked about last week, and many more times before then, what you really want is probably something that you already have. The needs are the things like water and food and shelter. And there are things that you attach to those needs, feeling better about yourself, being able to walk 10,000 steps in the sun without passing out. There's these things, these, these challenges you put to yourself that you can turn into needs because when you say, I need to do this, there's a trigger mechanism in our brains that says, okay, let's go. Let's get serious. There's a sense of urgency. We need this. When we need water, we go get water. When we need food, we go get food. When we need shelter and warmth, we make those things happen for ourselves. The the alternative could be serious harm or perhaps even death. This is what cavemen realized a long time ago, which is why the four most basic needs are water, food, shelter, and warmth. But is there a way you can start anchoring the sensations you get around those four items to other things in your life so you actually start taking what it is you want to accomplish seriously? Again, I do not challenge any of y'all that you're not trying your hardest. I challenge you to ask yourself, are you trying your hardest? By the time you've gotten to 120 episodes, and again, if you're new and like you're like seven days into recovery, you might be like, what in the hell is this dude talking about? I'm just trying to get some water, food, shelter, and warmth. Absolutely. I would highly recommend you go back and listen to about the first 20 episodes of this podcast to really get an idea of the foundations I talk about. Here soon, I'm going to roll out an entire webpage with my top uh, favorite podcasts that really give you guys a sense of my foundational teachings so that if you do find yourself at episode 128 or 147 and you're like, what is this dude talking about? I am in survival mode and this guy's talking about thrival mode. Please, brother, I'm just trying to make sure I drink clean water today. I'll direct you to those podcasts and I'll create that by the end of the year. That's as fast as I can promise to make it. But for those of you who are 128 episodes into this show, We've discussed a lot of these principles. We've discussed a lot of these topics. I just simply am asking you to have the self-awareness enough to ask yourself, are you pushing yourself to become the version of yourself that you know is inside of you and has been all along? Are you unknowingly sacrificing your future self for comfort today? And if you think that you are, it's about time you remedy that. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives because we wake up sober. That was totally, totally improvisational. 
I'm going to give a shout out to Sunshine. Glow on. We will see you guys next week. P.S. In closing, if you would like to join the Fitness and Nutrition Challenge, please DM me over at Instagram at Jesse Mogul or at From Sobriety to Recovery. I also have a, a private email address for the show, From Sobriety to Recovery at gmail.com. Reach out, raise your hand, step forward. It's your turn. I will call on you. If you want coaching around your recovery, your sobriety, or your physical health, mental acuity, emotional intelligence, we can cover it all. Got the, we got a group for all of it. Join the Wise Mind Tribe experience. Come reach out. Let me know that you are seeking me because I am also seeking you. Be splendid. We'll talk to you next week. I'm going to Oklahoma. I'll have some great stories about that when I come back. Much love, everybody. Bye-bye. 